Mira la izquierda. Mira la derecha. ¿Qué ves? ¿Dónde estás? In a world that seems to change daily, what will you do next? Welcome to the Next Steps Show with Peter Vesquez, a starting point for discussion y un poco de dirección. Buenas tardes, happy noon. ¿Cómo están? Si sí, soy yo, tu conservative New Yorkian Peter Vasquez, aquí en the WISL Studios. Y señor Voz de Libertad, ¿cómo está, señor? I'm hunky dory. Sí, en español, do. Uh, how do I say that? Repite, say, estoy. Estoy. Bien. Bien. There you go, you're well. Estoy bien. Yep. Look estoy bien. All right, I'm going to write this down. Man, we're one step closer to you redoing the intro to the show in your voice in Spanish. Yeah. The, Again. the first attempt was a little bit on the disastrous side. I promise I'll stop bringing it up. I'll stop bringing it up. Hey, Bob. I'm, no, you won't. I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm still not smoking. Look at you. I'm pretty darn proud. Day number 174. Something like well, that. Well, maybe it's a little less than that. Yeah, it's probably more like, uh, well, this week would make one month Wednesday. I'll have to do the calculations on how I... Wow. And what, I, what I've saved That's so huge. far. That's huge. And just like, remember, the, first, the, the best predictor of the future is the past. So you are now uh, much less likely to restart smoking for 30 more days. Once you put... You know, four years under your belt, Yep, you're much less likely to restart smoking for four more years. You, so. you know, I wish I remember all their names, but in the, when I announced that I was going to quit smoking, one of the callers had, or someone had called and said, hey, um, if you do your normal things that you do throughout the day and remind yourself after you did it that you did it without a cigarette, mm -hmm. that you did it without smoking, that and, and you can continue to perpetuate that, That's what I do. But the other part, though, is accountability, right? I mean, who who watches what I'm doing when nobody is looking? Well, you know what, though? You know, I believe that when you when you pray, well, you know, there's always somebody watching. So I've been praying for the ability to just not want to smoke anymore, and that's kind of that's kind of where it goes. But anyways, Bob, today today we have a, we have a good guest. We have a, a blast from the past. Yep, you've heard her amazing voice here. Hey, maybe we can get her to sing a little before break, <laughs> right? But you've heard her great voice here before. Um, it's a story of finding her balance of faith, politics, and entrepreneurship, which, you know, allowing her to take her next steps. And guess what? Now she is re the representative of Monroe County's 4th Legislative District, And she still remains actively involved in committees, community service, and education. Ladies and gentlemen, join me in welcoming, see, la señora, the legislature, Virginia McIntyre. Bienvenido at Next Step Show, oh, uh, legislator. I could say that now. <laughs> thank you, Peter. And congratulations on not smoking for 30 days. I had no idea. Uh -uh, I had yeah, no idea. Yeah. Very good for you. Working. Amen. Amen to prayer guiding us in all that we do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, interestingly, I had initially said, you know, I'm just going to fast from things that I enjoy doing. And smoking was one of them. And then the thought crossed my head that, well, after you fast from that, maybe you'll quit. Yeah. And then really, I was like, well, why the heck don't I just quit yeah. to begin with and, and then fast something else? Yeah. Um, but I did quit and I haven't fast, so I'm still leading steak. But hey. Oh, there you go. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, fasting's next. Hey, you know. <laughs> did, did you guys know that today is National Chocolate Fondue Day? Oh my gosh! Wow! I love wow! <laughs> no, no, and then and then this one, National Pork Rinds Days, and I don't know I about. Yeah, but I love me some pork rinds. So it's diet food day. That's what you're saying to me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the best way to celebrate is you get some pork rinds and you dip it in the chocolate exactly. fondue. You got to wrap it in the marshmallow first. Uh, it's it's a pork um, uh, pork fondue day. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was trying to I was, chocolate pork. I was trying to do the graham cracker uh, thing. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yo. Pork some rind, more. pork uh, rind uh, s'mores. Pork oh, s'mores. Dear oh, me, that's, that's what an idea! Delicious. Uh, no, Peter, no, that's that's well, the lack, like of, pork that's rinds, lack of cigarettes talking right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, my wife's still asking, Peter, when are you going to stop talking? The doctor did say you were going to slow down with those after smoking jitters and not talk as much. I'm still trying to figure out, Bob, though, if she means stop talking about stop smoking or just stop talking. Well, you can always yep. ask her. <laughs> I'm afraid those answers can get scary. Anywho, don't want to know the don't want to know the answer. You know, you know, uh, a legislator. Not to put you on the spot with abortion or anything like that, but you know, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard me talk these numbers about abortion and how they impact yeah. the community. You know, I've always said that abortion. I mean, uh, uh, adoption is such a wonderful alternative. It's a win-win for everybody. Absolutely. Uh, but don't you know that? That Hocus Pocus's office, once again, you know, through her Office of Children and Family Services, they issued this directive on January 5th that, uh, that restricts the financial support that adopted families in New York can provide to out-of-state birth mothers. Mm-hmm. Now, there's always been rules in place to make sure that, you know, the, the birth mother wasn't trying to extort or vice versa. Right. Right? I mean, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they came up with things like the interstate compact, um, you know, that uh, on the placement of children, uh, which allows for the movement of these children interstate. And, and mm-hmm. it's something that has to go through the courts and be reviewed. But through this initiative, or excuse me, through this directive that came out of the Office of Children and Family Services, uh, effective January 5th, it restricts what, you know, the, the parents from New York for these out-of-state parents can do to only providing some kind of, you know, the, the financial supports within 60 uh, to 30 days of the baby being born, which is significant in the care because a lot of these mothers are, are, are in bad situations. And, and negotiations, contracts are brought up that, that is to the best interest of the child always, uh, but in many cases enhances the quality of life for the mother. I mean, when the mother says, hey, I'll give up my child because I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a family that says, well, wait a minute, don't don't abort the child. We'll provide that child a home. Um, and in exchange for you making that sacrifice, let us help you mm-hmm. so that you can get on your feet and if you have another child, right? But mm-hmm. making these restrictions just seems to not be – it's like another attack on women. And, yeah, and, and definitely – well, all of this is an, is an attack on womanhood. And as I've been telling people, they've really made women's rights quite a bit – um, Politicized? More, well, they, well, they've made women's rights and the and the the voice of women's rights be about being able to end a life rather than the power to create it. Um, and I think that we have to really look at that and look at the conversation that we're having about this. Um, but I would also ask, okay, so you're going to cut funding or you're going to cut the possibility for parents to help these birth mothers, but aren't we expanding the amount of money? 
um, that they're using right now for abortion tourism? I mean, isn't it true that you have a lot of these companies right now that are willing to give their employees time off in other states to be able to travel into New York for abortions because of our very lenient I don't even know how to how to discuss uh, you know it what, because to me, of the it's laws an attack here. On women. But listen, they're not only willing to work; they're, they're subsidizing it to the tunes yeah. of several thousand dollars, which yeah. includes room and board and travel. But, anyways, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, these are the kind of things that that you know I want you to think about and ponder and ask the questions: Why why is this happening? I get it. Listen, if you stand on the side of 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 of, of ending up a, a, a preborn child's you know human being's life, whatever, man, that's between you and what you believe. But the fact of the matter is this. When there's other options out there, why is this state keep going out of its way to restrict that? But the part that gets me, let's set abortion aside for a second. Uh, as I mentioned, many women that are, are going to give up their child, and I know not all, right, but m- many, and I dare say most, um, are in bad situations and, right. and in many cases end up reverting back to uh, to those bad situations without the support to include drugs uh, and and other things. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what, what what do you think? As um, now, as a legislator, this has got to concern you because here in Monroe County, that's well, huge. Well, I think that in general, we we talk about being pro-choice. Okay, we'll give women choices, right? Um, when when you say you're pro-choice, and the only choice that you're really offering is to struggle with having a child or to end the life of that potential child. Um, that's not a lot of choices. So let's make sure that we're giving women more choice. Um, I think somebody said to me recently they want us to be pro-choice and pro-life, and by pro-choice they mean giving women choices. And it's interesting that there there seems to be a lot of money available for surrogacy. So if couples that cannot have children would like to fund the surrogacy, it appears that there's lots of money in that, and there, mm. I, I, it doesn't sound like there's any restriction on that. So why are we restricting helping mothers who are in crisis – to actually have those children and be able to adopt them out. Absolutely. Uh, my cousin adopted two children because they were having problems having kids, and then they stopped having those problems afterwards. And miraculously, after nine miscarriages, they were able to bring a pregnancy to, to term and have children. Now they have like five kids. But initially they adopted two, and if they hadn't been able to adopt those children, it, it pro- they probably never would have had kids. Yep. And, and, and to show that this isn't some exclusively, you know, religious wackadoodle talk or some conservative talk, we had right here the leader of Feminist Choosing Life of New York, who's yeah. also a Democrat choosing life. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a matter of the heart. You can look at it any single way you want, but that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I met hey, her too. She was really, really nice. We'll be right back into some engaging conversation other than this kind of talk with the Honorable... Legislator Virginia McIntyre y aquí con tu conservative New York y la voz de libertad por seguro. No te vayas, don't change that dial porque I got more to say. We'll be right back right here in the WISL stations. And next steps brought to you proudly by Ryan Murphy and Associates, residential and commercial realty and appraisal for many, many years in the Finger Lakes and the Rochester area. Give them a call. In the Rochester.
Rochester and Finger Lakes region, one name stands above all others for real estate appraisal and advice. Ryan Murphy and Associates. This full-service real estate appraisal company can appraise and advise on purchase and sales decisions, mortgage finance feasibility, estate, matrimonial, partnership buyouts, litigation, and more for any type of property, both residential and commercial. Ryan Murphy was founded almost 40 years ago. All of our highly trained staff members have at least 20 years of experience. All our appraisers are either New York State certified, general, or residential real estate appraisers. Ryan Murphy and Associates. Start here. RYNNEMurphy.com. Youth for Christ Rochester needs to grow. Our kids are telling us they don't feel safe in their neighborhoods or rec centers, and they're asking us to be open more. And thanks to your support, we will. We're adding a weeknight and Saturday mornings to our basketball program. We're adding a second Arts Academy Friday night. And we're adding a second P31 girls class on Saturdays. But we need your help. $25 per month funds a kid for a year. Give your best gift to yfcrochester.org slash donate. Advertising on the WYSL stations is both affordable and effective, but it's so much more than that. When your business or professional practice has a presence on the voice of liberty, you connect with a patriotic, awake, and aware audience that cares about society, our families, our schools, our values, and our future. And our listeners appreciate you and respond. We can end the madness together. For truth and freedom, the WYSL stations, the voice of liberty. Call 346-3000 to advertise today. Peter Vasquez and Next Step Show on the WYSL stations. El conservative New Yorkan aquí otra vez, sí, and we still have Virginia McIntyre. Hey, did you guys know that today is National Weather Person's Day? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm just saying. On behind us. <laughs> exactly. So you know what, ladies and gentlemen? No, no. Listen, though, I bring that up because uh, Bill Peterson was on TV when I was born, and my parents needed a name. That's right. And oh. well, they said name him Peterson. He's wow. your namesake. Wow. I forgot that. Yeah. Namesake, yeah, I didn't phenomenal know guy. That. So I just wanna. I'm to put that up. And if you love Nutella, it's also National Nutella Day. Just wanted to throw that out there. Now that is something I can get behind. I got a question for you. I know this doesn't really fall in the lap of legislators, uh, you know, where you're at. But, you know, I noticed that the DMV is a little behind on starting the work, starting their work. Do you you know why? Can you? Do you have any? I don't, and I I, I won't comment. I try not to comment on things before I have a full idea of of exactly what's happening. Uh, you know, so. I, yeah, I've been looking because I, I I'm just wondering. I figured maybe you'd know, but I do have another question that maybe you can okay. put a perspective and maybe from uh, just from somebody who's like uses DMV. Yeah. But why is you know this office is closed? We do have mobile DMVs, don't we? Well, I was actually informed that the mobile DMVs have not been out there. Well, now, they, I could be wrong about they, this, but I, 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 I think they, it's like a full couple of years that yeah. we haven't had those mobile DMVs. And they, they rolled one out, I believe, because of this closure that apparently is somewhere out in Parma. Uh-huh. But why wouldn't they put this a mobile DMV right there at the same place that we're paying rent at while it's being renovated, right? Yeah. On the outside so that people can just continue with continuity of service. and yeah. like not. I mean, it'll be slowed down a little bit, I, I would assume, but I think that's I think on a snowy day, if I lived in the largest town in the entire county, I'd be like, why do I got to go to Parma for this yep, one? Exactly. I don't know. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, as we said before, we've been talking to the lady who made it happen, who found <laughs> that balance in faith, politics, and entrepreneurship, and she took those next steps as a result. So, hey, for our listeners, to tell our, tell our listeners, just remind them, right, because I know many of them have, like, heard you a lot, but remind them <laughs> oh, who is awesome. the, the 
the person behind this beautiful voice uh, coming from the Next Step show today. Oh, gosh. Wow. Yeah. So as we discussed, um, I was born and raised in Gates. And uh, surprisingly, I'm not Italian uh, because uh, for those of you that don't know Gates very well, there's a lot of Italian um, people in Gates. And um, I loved opera and singing. And Gates Child got me involved in singing a lot of solos and doing a lot of competitions. And I ended up going to school for opera. And then I had the opportunity to go over to Italy for six months uh, on a study abroad program. Which, because I'm a lower middle class income kind of girl, I was never expecting to have the chance to do. But the um, but the SUNY system allowed me to do that, which I'm very grateful for. Which eventually we'll talk about other kinds of opening up that sort of you know study abroad project and and what we can do. But um, back in the day, I went for six months, and after six months, you know, they asked me if I'd like to finish out my postgraduate studies over in Italy. And who asked you this? The, the Conservatory of Mantova. Nice. And I said, yes, of course, especially because I, I, we found a way to do it that was, you know, very uh, cost effective. The Italians were like, woohoo, we what? got ourselves our token American. That, <laughs> yeah, that well, in sing. Mantova, I was the like one of the only Americans that was there doing this. And yeah. I kind of, over time, you know, it took three years for me to get through there, um, the postgraduate program that I was doing. And in that time, I started teaching English. And I kind of became a point of reference for that town for all things American. And I was there for almost 20 years. Didn't you work for the Commerce uh, Department or oh, something? Oh, the along Chamber those of lines? Commerce. I collaborated because what I had was my own business code. And so I would collaborate with different companies. I collaborated with the school system. And as it, and you know, as I became more well known for what I did, they invited me to head up the English department at Uni College uh, Interpreting University. So I was teaching interpreters. I was actually in teaching interpreters to work with the immigration system. System, with marketing, with tourism, they had there are all different branches of specialization mm-hmm. when you're working in linguistics. So, so you um, must have what, like a doctorate in English or something, or a master's <laughs> no, in, no, in no. teaching? No, no, no. I have a uh, well. Let's see. I got my associates at MCC. Obviously, I'm a graduate of Gates Child High School, which I I must plug every time I can because that's my school district and that's my home, yeah. um, and I owe a lot to them. Um, but then I am a graduate of MCC, and then I went down to SUNY Purchase, and I did a two plus. It was actually turned out to be a two plus three um, I love those in their programs. vocal department. Yes, yes, and SUNY Purchase was amazing. Um, I look, I I, I loved uh, my univer- my time at university more, even more so than in high school. And I I didn't realize what a nerd I was till I got to college. Yeah, um, and then. And they sent me over to Europe, so I got a second degree. I got a postgrad degree over in Europe, um, which would kind of probably bump it up to here as a master's. Very nice. And uh, I did it all in Italian over there. So that is how I became a teacher and interpreter because I struggled learning Italian. And that's why I understand those that, that are struggling maybe to learn Spanish. So, so say um, something in Italian. Uh, cosa devo dire? Huh? Uh, devo dire qualcosa? Io vi parlo... Okay, now, uh, <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, I understand how you feel when I go on my on my Spanish <laughs> tangent now. Interesting. But I, so what did you say? But I lived as, oh, I said, what should I say? And, you know, I got to tell you something in Italian. But, um, you know, I lived over there as an American immigrant. A lot of people don't understand 
that, well, the perspective of someone who is, I mean, they use the word expat, but I was, you know, I was someone over living in another country as a citizen of America. Like a lot of maybe, I don't know if your listeners, if you have listeners that, you know, do not have citizenship yet that have green cards. I mean, that's what I basically had. I had a, um, a, a carta di soggiorno, which is like a green card. I never became a citizen over there. Um, so you don't hold those citizenships? Oh, right no, 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 no. And and, and I, I feel very strongly about my American citizenship. Everybody kept asking me if I would do it. And I said, no, I'm an American citizen. Like right. I love... I loved my time in Italy and I love my Italian friends, but I'm an American first. Right. And that's, I wanted to hold to that. Good for you. I mean, if I'd had children, I would have thought about it, right? If I'd had Italian children, if I'd gotten married, that, that changes things, right? But well, for now me. Now you're establishing roots, you're doing, yeah, yeah I could see that. But, yeah, but, but, still. but for me, I, I was always an American and I, I held that very tightly and, and yep. did not want to go through any other naturalization process. So you came back to the States to take care of your mom, who yep. is a phenomenal person. <laughs> I really want to bring her on because, man, I'll tell you, yeah. when, I, when we get into, she doesn't say much when you see her sitting there with her smile because she's always smiling uh, uh, but but she does have an opinion so if oh, she's listening she's a strong uh, she, lady i want to bring her on and she's <laughs> astute don't again i always say don't let that quiet face no, uh, well trick my people, mom was the first female sergeant they ever had at rochester psychiatric she worked for the really? department of mental health within new york state she was a new york state peace officer so my mom is law enforcement, uh, and my mom is that rare breed that she's a by-the-book kind of girl, which I think a lot of people don't necessarily appreciate. Uh, when she was a single mom, right? I'm she sorry, was a then. single mother. So yes, she, she was. was. A sergeant at the I mean, she was divorced, but, right. but yes, but she divorced my dad center, when I was 18 months old. So yeah. And, um, and then she had you. And if and if you if your current state of being is any resemblance of what you were when you were a kid, I can imagine you gave her a run for her money. And those yeah, skills must have been. I was a handful. So so hey, you you in, in just two short years, you went from newcomer um, to a rising star in the local GOP uh, political scene. Oh, I mean, wow. how, how was that, that experience? Oh my goodness, thanks for that. Um, yeah, I, well, first of all, I mean, I, I think that. You don't know what you don't know, okay? And uh, actually, I think it was our friend Cherie that said that, so I will give her props for saying that. Um, but at the end of the day, I I was a concerned citizen um, of my generation. You know, I'm in that crossover point between Generation X and, um, and uh, millennials. And, you know, I think that we were told a narrative about the way that things work. Um, and a lot of my generation kind of, just we we trusted that we voted on election day and then our representatives would do what their platform said they were going to do you know when they were in office and we didn't really pay attention i think to a lot of local things i think a lot of people around me just like i didn't like two years ago i didn't know so much of what i'm doing right now and what is occupying all of my time as mm -hmm. we speak but i think so many people don't know um, how their local committees, like how how school boards function. They know there's a school board, but they don't really know how they function, how a fire district functions, how uh, I'm, on, I'm the head of the conservation board, how that functions. Um, they don't know a lot about that kind of local government, and they don't know how to get involved with a political party. I mean, mm -hmm. I didn't know that there was a Gates Republican committee. I had no idea, and I was born and raised in Gates, right? Mm -hmm. Until well, I think I, during that time, the leadership in the Republican Party tried keeping those things kind of a 
secret for some reason. Very bizarre. I know that's what people think, but I also think it's that we weren't paying attention. Politics wasn't cool. It wasn't something that you wanted to sort of – I think it was for a set of people, right? I went into – the performing arts, which is very cool and very trendy, and everybody wants to go on the reality shows to become, you know, a pop star or work in musicals or whatever. But I think that it's a little bit less glamorous to look over and talk about, I don't know, being the the, the clerk at, at your you're the tax collector in the town, right? Mm-hmm. So I think there's a a sub. A, a separate set of people that want to get involved and find out. And the rest of us just, we see what's going on in national and we say, well, how did so-and-so become a candidate? And you think that it's just millions of dollars and this and that. Well, there's a local structure to that, right? Um, And I think a lot of people just don't know about it or take it for granted. I know you spent the, I mean, I've watched you for the last two years. Uh, uh, you know, my wife's running for family court judge. I watched the work I'm that so you did. so proud of her, by the way. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, it's, it, you know, it so fits her, though. Every time I see a picture of her in the bench, I'm like, oh, wow, that's just a trip. It's so, it's so good. And she has her own story that it's just, it's so admirable, man. Yeah, but I watched you work, and I've seen you work behind the scenes. But one of the things that I saw you do more than anyone else that I've ever seen um, it is is an education piece. Absolutely. Anytime, I, anytime there was any kind of engagement, um, <laughs> you were educating somebody. Anytime I saw you, like before you ran the first year when I first met you, yeah. um, anytime we had a discussion, you were always either asking questions and learning. But the cool thing about it is that you didn't just take that advice and, and, and you know, in one ear out the other. I'd see you put it into practice which I was like, I love working with this person. And the thing is, as a representative, you have to listen. You have to learn. And you have to be able to respond, not just give it to me so I have more political fodder. Hey, Virginia, we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to your conservative New Yorkian aquí on the next step show. No te vayas, don't go nowhere. Tu sabes por qué? Because we have the Honorable Virginia McIntyre. And guess what? She's got a lot to say, too. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Peter Vasquez and Next Step Show on the WYSL stations. Where are you guys? 585-346-3000 on the Next Step Show. Here's Peter. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, 346-3000. Llama me por favor. You know what, ladies and gentlemen? Today's a great day for a conversation. You know why? Because we have the legislator, Virginia McIntyre. And hey, guess what? Uh, if you have a question of anything in the county legislature that's going on, give us a call. I'm sure she'd be willing to answer. And if she ain't willing to answer, we'll chastise her until she does. How about that? Uh, anyways. <laughs> no before, pressure, though. I'm yeah, sure no you will, Peter. Thank you so much for the, that. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, Virginia, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I remember when Virginia was running for office, and, and we've had many conversations yeah. leading up to yeah. the election. And, and I did remind her, I says, Virginia, remember, you are our friends, and I consider you a friend. I oh, think you're a phenomenal you. person. I consider you a friend, um, too, Peter. But, but I did remind her, ladies and gentlemen, that the moment she takes that oath of office and she steps into a representative role, although we are friends, however, you're, the, the accountability factor to you as a legislator yep. 
isn't going to be any less of any other accountability that we had to any legislator, regardless of if party anything, affiliation. it's been more. I've got my friends out there that that helped me, you know, Absolutely. in Gates, and they are people that were behind me, like Jim. And when they want answers, they want answers, and exactly. it is my job to so, bring them those answers. So you're not off the hook. Oh, I, I realize I'm doubly on the hook. <laughs> and even if we got to take you down because you became a wackadoodle yourself, you'll still be no, a friend. Oh goodness! Oh well, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah. I'm just messing with you, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I don't think that will ever be an issue because when we when we say and use words like integrity, when we say and use words like we the people, she embodies that. Oh, but before we break, we were on, you know, talking edu- the education that you were doing at yeah. every level. T- tell us about well, that experience. I that mean, why? is my passion. That's untypical of a, of a of a politician. Well, and, I, and again, I, I think that it, we get busy doing a lot of other things, but it shouldn't be uh, atypical. Um, look, I worked as an educator for for 20 years in Italy. I mean, I, I guess we should start there. And a lot of what I did in Italy was getting people to believe that they could speak this this language, in their case, English, that they were convinced because of years of, I, I don't want to say poor language training, but maybe the methods that were being used were not really effective. Um, I would get people that, that other teachers had just given up on to become fluent. Mm-hmm. Um, that was sort of my trademark. So um, the same thing goes for working with the people about government. I think a lot of people just haven't really been told about these things. And as I learned about some of them myself, I mean, I come to this two years ago, you know, to be quite honest, not knowing that much about, you know, the legislature and all these other things, because I was in Italy. Right. I moved over to Italy when I was in my early 20s. So, I mean, I wasn't involved in this political sphere whatsoever. I was a performer. That's it. I was a pseudo. I mean, you become a pseudo diplomat when you are a performer and you are the only American that other people meet in another country. Um, and I want to just touch that real quick because I, li- I lived abroad for a yep. little while in the military. And someone said to me, you are always an ambassador of the yes. country that you represent. Yep. And and ladies and gentlemen, remember that because it yep. doesn't matter if you're from Brockport visiting East Rochester, you're still representing a set of values that should remain consistent yep. everywhere you go. I apologize. And I lived, wanted to stress I lived that. with that very strong, you know, that was just something that was always on my mind when I was abroad. I am a representative for my nation. And because I was teaching English You know, that is just so connected to our identity. Language and identity are closely connected. People would ask me questions about America all the time. Um, It's interesting that I would be able to explain some things to people from what I learned at school in my regular civics classes. Remember, it was called participation in government at that time, right? Um, But I just think there's a lot that people just have no idea. I mean, and once you start getting involved, you realize that there's just this world of information that you knew nothing about. For example... Right. Um, The first thing that I did when I was was getting involved, one of the things was helping out with school board races. That was one of the first things. And I had never done that before. Right. I had never championed a school board candidate. I had never championed those issues. I had never gone to a school board meeting. I started going to meetings. Um, I got asked to get involved in the comprehensive plan and to put out a survey for the residents of Gates. And I was told by someone who is an independent, she used to be a Democrat that was leading that up. She said, well, you know, there are parts of Gates that are just underrepresented in our government. Like people from these areas just don't show up to participate in committees or in local votes or whatever. And um, I said, I can fix that because a lot of it was right around my mother's house Mm. where she lives on Fairchild, right? So 
um, I went out there and knocked on doors specifically in parts of my community that their voices seemed to be unheard. Uh, it didn't matter what their party affiliation was to try and get them involved. And as I was talking to them, I realized how many things they didn't know. Right. I got involved um, with going to the school board meetings, fire district meetings, town board meetings. And I would tell people, you know, there are these meetings that you can go to. Right. You know that these are the things that are happening. You know this is how our town budget works, right? I would show them the Gates um, The Gates clerk had such a good pie chart view of what the money that you're spending in your taxes was going to. Um, and I was bringing this to people and saying, hey, do you realize that you have a voice in how this money is spent? You can go to a town board meeting. You can go to a fire district meeting. You can go to a school board meeting. That's it. Like, you just ask them questions like things that they should know. And- right. Well, you. I mean, you say they should know. I mean, I, I think it's unfair to say should. I think most people are incredibly busy. We no longer have a single income household, household situation with families. You know, the women's liberation movement, whatever you want to call it, brought women out into the workforce. And now it's basically become the standard that both parents work. They're taking their kids to all kinds of activities in the afternoon, and they're just hoping that their local government is covering the bases that it needs to cover. Say that one more time. They're they're hoping. Isn't that a great statement? They are, but I think they're so exhausted that most of the time the focus gets on, you know, the big national issues that you're seeing on 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 the national news, you're not thinking of those small things and the things in your own town, those are tiny. Yeah. You know, if you, if you, if your days are occupied by taking your two or three kids to all these different activities and trying to keep your spouse happy and trying to pay your bills and trying to just basically get by, you know, you don't have the energy to, to look into a lot of this stuff. I say should know because, uh, and I agree with you, and I'm glad you pointed it Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Um, it's unfair to, to, to say should. Stuff, huh? uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but you know, the, whenever I hear somebody's people in charge, you know, they, they, they make those kind of inferences, like everybody has the time to sit there and spend time on a website yeah. reading through, you know, five pages just to figure out that, Oh, wait a minute. I've got to call this number to then sit on the phone for another four hours Mm. or worse, have to take an entire day off just to get the runaround to get a simple answer. That's right. Um, When you're right, a lot of times residents find themselves in situations because they trusted that Mm -hmm. the representatives that they put in office was simply covering their back. Right. And, And again, they don't realize that the we the people, right, in our Constitution, Mm -hmm. that we the people only happens if we are actively involved in government. So they don't realize that it is their responsibility to hold our feet to the fire, Mm -hmm. right? As you said, you're going to be all over me about this, about all the different things that I had promised I was going to do on my campaign, as are the people that helped me to get elected. I, again, I go to, I am the secretary uh, of a committee that I didn't know existed. I am now the secretary of the Gates Republican Committee. And when I go to my committee meetings, I have, most of the time they're well attended, there's like 30 people at my committee meetings. That's right. And they want answers from me. If there are issues that I don't even maybe know about because they weren't on my radar, this happened at our last meeting, 
right? They will say, what are you going to do about this? This is a county thing. What are you going to do? And I, and I have to say, I don't let me look into it immediately. Yeah. And but then do you provide a response absolutely. later? Absolutely. I try to. I definitely, that's my job. That, and I think that's what people <laughs> are tired of not having is the is the questions with never being answered. So so let's talk a little bit, I mean, a little bit deeper because you, you did things and, and well, these things that you're describing are done within political um areas things called mm-hmm. like you represent a legislative district people don't i mean what what does all that stuff mean um you know as we as as we want to get involved what does that mean can you talk to us a little yeah, bit about the okay. basics of politics oh, and stuff like that okay like if i wanted to get wow. involved where should i this, start this is so big okay so for the legislature there are 29 districts across the county right the the county has been carved into 29 different districts so there are maps upon maps upon maps right is there like a legislature is that per town? Is there 29 towns? No, there. I, I actually, I, I'd no, have to think. Look, at, okay, there are 19 Sorry. towns. Okay, because I'd have to. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know there are 29 districts, um, and they do not. It is. It is based on um, having s- things in common, shall we say? Because there was a whole thing about redistricting. How do we district? Right? Do we district by town? Do we district by demographics? Do we dis- do we do we district by political affiliation? Which no, you do not. That's why gerrymandering is illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the 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 basics are when when the maps were redrawn in twenty twenty two. It had to reflect that the citizens of each of the twenty nine districts had commonalities right so that they could be represented by people that best rep that best could bring their voice to government so there are 29 of us that's there's a 29 person legislature right now all right we'll talk a little bit about how to get involved in that 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 basics of politics really basics when we get back from these next few words yeah ladies and gentlemen está escuchando your conservative new rican la señora legislature virginia mcintyre and the voice of liberty, although he's been a quiet voice today, ladies and gentlemen. Three, four, six, three thousand. Call him and be like, hey, que pasa, señor? Hey, we'll be right back. In the Rochester and Finger Lakes region, one name stands above all others for real estate appraisal and advice. Ryan Murphy and Associates. This full-service real estate appraisal company can appraise and advise on purchase and sales decisions, mortgage finance feasibility, estate, matrimonial, partnership buyouts, litigation, and more for any type of property, both residential and commercial. Ryan Murphy was founded almost 40 years ago. All of our highly trained staff members have at least 20 years of experience. All our appraisers are either New York State certified general or residential real estate appraisers. Ryan Murphy and Associates. Start here. RYNNEMurphy.com. The difference is dignity. At Open Door Mission, we open our arms and hearts to help those in need. We treat every one of our guests with respect and dignity. No matter the road that led to us, Open Door Mission is here to help. Give your support at OpendoorMission.com. Has your favorite pizza place been letting you down? Try Livingston County Pizza Company and Gluten-Free Bakery in Avon. Not only is their pizza amazing, but their full menu and bakery has something for everyone. Livingston County Pizza Company and Gluten-Free Bakery, Avon. 
Advertising on the WYSL stations is both affordable and effective, but it's so much more than that. When your business or professional practice has a presence on the Voice of Liberty, you connect with a patriotic, awake, and aware audience that cares about society, our families, our schools, our values, and our future. And our listeners appreciate you and respond. We can end the madness together. For truth and freedom, the WYSL stations, the Voice of Liberty. Call 346-3000 to advertise today. The all-new WYSL1040.com, proudly brought to you by Batavia Downs. Batavia Downs is more, lots more. Next Steps with Peter Vasquez on the WYSL stations. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to say these words to yourself all day. Leadership is the beacon that guides me. For it's through selfless service that I eliminate the way for others to find their own greatness. Ladies and gentlemen, remember everything you do, say, and the way you appear influences someone. Just make sure that that influence is always for the positive. We have Virginia McIntyre, the legislator for the 4th District in Monroe County, right here in the Next Step Show to conservative New Yorkian. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for having me. I just love these conversations. Oh, so do I. So do I. <laughs> so, so talking about basics of politics, um, EDs, LDs, those are the smallest. We yes. talked a little bit about uh, uh, committees. Does a committee represent an ED or an LD? There you are, go. are there committees for each one? Is there <laughs> a lot? I mean, it's so confusing. Yes, and the boy, oh boy, did this come up. So, by the way, all of you can find out. Like, let first of all, you can find out what your legislative district is. By going on the Board of Elections website and looking at the different maps, you can you can plug in your name. Uh, you can ask if you're registered to vote on that website, and it will tell you what district you're in. And and it also gives you the maps for the towns and the maps for all the different county legislative districts. Hey, so we, they're there. We 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 got a caller! Yay, yeah! John! Thanks for calling the next step <laughs> show today, sir. Hey, how's everybody? Hey, very well. How are you doing, John? I'm doing good, Virginia. Virginia, I got a, a favor to ask of you. Okay. Uh, I've been really bugged by this uh, climate change fanatics <laughs> that are out there in some of these uh, programs, both countywide, nationally, statewide. Uh, a lot of this is over-exaggerated by, by a, a lot Uh some examples are we have solar fl- solar flares cause a lot of climate change, and nothing's ever mentioned about solar flares as, as one example. I'm aware of solar flares, but okay, so you are actually talking to the right person here. Um, I am the chair of the Conservation Board slash Climate Smart Communities Task Force, and I offered to be that chair um, specifically because I think we need some level-headed people involved in this because the problem is is that republicans and conservatives never want to participate in these conversations because we have these issues with the way that the climate change discussion the the way that the narrative has 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 been out there and by not having a voice in this uh things like solar flares never come up right and and the co2 issue co2 actually is the food 
for green plant life and oxygen. We need we need CO2 to yep. produce oxygen. Right. Well, I would say in, in I've actually, because I am so involved in this, right, I am now going to the Environmental Management Council meetings, and we have some very friendly conversations about some of these topics. And what I would say is is that there is such a big this is a, a narrative that's out there. Climate change is something that just gets talked about so much. Um, and obviously, you know, I, I have issues with, with the way it's talked about. But I think there are things that we can agree upon, right? I, agree. I think that we can agree that we would like to have cleaner air. Um, I think we can agree that we want our water to be safe. Like, I brought up bioplastics and water. And if you've never heard about this, you should look into it. Um, the bioplastics in water, that's that's something that research needs to go into, but it seems to be actually changing the hormonal makeup of um, of our, our youth, and that could explain some certain things. Um, there's also the discussion about whether or not all the pharmaceuticals that we're consuming, and then it, they go through our system and they go into the water system, right, through excretion, urination, all that. Is that causing a problem like we're all taking all these different pharmaceuticals and there are different you know birth control pills of they're they're at this point birth control pills are non-controversial i'm pretty sure and and yet they can be damaging i think to our ecosystem nobody's talking about it right so because the the conversation about the environment is constantly focused on climate change which is a theoretical position to have we're never talking about the here and now and problems that actually exist that we could measure today uh, one more point I, I want to make. Susan, Susan U. Smith, who I've had, I've had contact with, uh, uh, I've gone to some meetings she's been at, and I've talked to her on the radio, whatever. She is, I think, the head of a committee, a climate Climate, the climate action plan. I'm fully aware of right, what that right. is. Yep. And anyways, I just want to bring up the point. She, she may have a conflict of interest. Uh, she was involved with a business mm-hmm. on uh, climate business i i think she has a conflict in some of these on the climate uh man-made climate change uh issues and legislation that she's advocating for i i i would look into uh whether she does have conflicts of interest and whether she should be the head of that committee uh, that's a, I will not comment on that because that's a colleague and i will not but that's thank you for letting me know that's what i will say John, I appreciate the call. Ladies and gentlemen, always remember the Next Step show is here to talk, share, dialogue, because without dialogue, nothing ever really happens. Talking about dialogue, uh, Virginia, you issued a letter on or around January 29th or on January 29th to Jeff McCann, the deputy county executive. Um, tell us about this letter. Yeah, again, I the, when I was on my campaign, this was a big deal. Um, well, better. The we're always talking about public safety. That's a that's one of our Republican points. Right. But what are what can we do at at a county level? We can't change these state laws because they are state. Right. The bail reform stuff. It's all that's state. Um, So I, I reached out to law enforcement on several occasions and said, what can I do as a legislator to help you? Right. To help you keep our citizens safe because people are concerned about public safety. Um. And what can we do to help with – I mean I see that, that it's hard to fill these these academies right now. They're having a hard time finding the recruits. Um, the positions are there. We've given them the money for the positions, but it's very hard to 
you know, once upon a time, it was very competitive. You had people kind of elbowing each other to get in the door because these were great, great jobs. And now it's it's hard to to get that number of people to to want to get into law enforcement. Right. And so I, I actually I was speaking to Todd Baxter about this and he said it, I think, the best that I've heard it yet, that law enforcement is going through their Vietnam moment. You know, that we look back in shame at the way we treated our Vietnam veterans, right? They got off buses. They got spit at. It became politicized, um, which is tragic. It is tragic. That is why honor flight is so important, that we can give these military members the welcome home that they didn't get during Vietnam that we should be ashamed of. And I can't stress that enough. Um, and, and it tears me up every time I go to one of these honor flight things, right? Because it's it's incredible. The same thing we're doing to our law enforcement right now. Mm-hmm. We are taking the men and women who are defending us out there every day, risking their lives every day to keep us safe. And we're treating them like they're the problem because there are procedural issues because maybe one – you get one procedure that wasn't followed correctly and then suddenly they're all the bad guys. Well, they're the ones that are protecting us day after day from chaos at times. Um, And so, you know, when he said that to me, it really hit home. And I've talked to when I was talking to the Locust Club when we were going through the process of whether I was going to get endorsed or not. They said, you know, you politicians are always talking about policies because that's good for you. Right. You're talking about bail reform. You're talking about the big things that come up on the news. But nobody ever talks about our mental health and that there really isn't a lot out there to support the mental health of police officers, and it's hard for them to talk about it. Yep. Um, the VOC just opened up a peer-to-peer. Uh, well, they've they've uh, they've done the groundbreaking cer- ceremonies for it. It's going to be built. I think it'll take a year um, to build it. Um, and one of the things that came up is that someone in law enforcement said to me, "Listen, what about the flag? I mean, January 9th is my birthday. It also happens to be National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day." And I was told by one of the people that supported me during my campaign, we don't have that flag. There are a lot of other flags up there, but that flag supporting us isn't up there. And I said, well, that's a small thing. That's something we can do without spending money on anything, right? It's not going to cost the taxpayers any money for us to put that out there on Law Enforcement um, Appreciation Day or during, I think it's Police Week that happens in May. Every day, for that matter, would be be fine. So so in essence, your letter asked the the county if they would consider putting up. And and by the way, they said that they would. Um, I think that that's a big thing. They said that they would put out this flag. And hopefully they will also recognize our military, EMS, firefighters. You want those people that are helping us and serving us to be recognized. How can people get a hold of you real quick? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I guess it's, uh, well, my phone number is on my, well, why don't we go to my website? It's uh, www.electvirginia.com. That's still up. My Facebook page, uh, Virginia Eleanor McIntyre and Virginia McIntyre, Monroe County Legislator District 4. You heard it right here in the next step show. Thank you for your time, Legislator. I truly appreciate it. I look forward to having you on real soon. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, before you want to make a positive difference you want to you want to control your life you want to be a leader say this leadership is the beacon that guides me for it's through selfless service that i illuminate the way for others to find their greatness hey you have a been una semana bendecida until tomorrow y nunca te olvides que aquí on wysl your conservative new rican te amamos